Hey, welcome back to Table Talk, your healthy theological radio addiction. Brent Kuhlman here with Adam Aline. We're rejoicing in uh, Luke's account of our Lord's uh, circumcision and naming, and we've been spending some time on the purification of Mary in Luke 2, 22, when the time came for their purification according to the law of Moses. They brought Jesus up to Jerusalem to present him to the Lord, etc., etc. Uh, having a lot of fun with this. Again, just uh, picking up where I left off and then pushing forward. The, you know, the 40th day was also the purification of the mother. And I, I played around with this and said, you know, people probably asking, okay, so pastor, why would Mary need to be purified? Because Jesus is sinless, you know. And I said, well, she's not accepted and neither is Jesus because he's born under the law to redeem those under the law. That is to say the whole weight of the law then, he does this as a 40 day. So the whole weight of the law falls on Jesus and he fulfills it as we've been trying to push okay. and teach. If God says it, Jesus does it. Yeah, for us and for our salvation, because right. we don't, right, uh, and can't, and so the law doesn't save us. But Jesus, He keeps it perfectly. So the whole weight of the law falls on Jesus, and He fulfills it. Literally, places Himself under the law, Galatians four, and fills it up with Himself. So let's look at it this way: whatever Jesus does or has done to Him fulfills. The law, that's the active and the passive. Whatever he does or has done to him fulfills the law. So when Jesus is circumcised, the law of circumcision is fulfilled. When Jesus is presented in the temple and bought back, redeemed with blood, the law of the firstborn is fulfilled. That's why we don't do this anymore. Right. Got it? So circumcision came to its purpose or its end, if you will, on the eighth day of our Lord's human life. Circumcision was fulfilled. It was filled up with Jesus. And maybe it's worth pointing out then what it was for before that time. You know, the promise had been given to Adam and Eve, to Abraham, to Isaac, to Jacob, that their offspring would be the one who the whole world would be blessed in, right? So that's said word for word almost to Jacob, for example. And the sign of that, of course, is the part of the body that makes babies that might be the offspring that the world will be blessed in was marked as holy or special. Yep. Uh, this is the family, the group of people that that's going to come from. And we know that because their baby-making part is marked that way. Yep, yep. That's, that's why we don't need to do it anymore. It's been fulfilled. Exactly, yeah. Now, so why do, why do people have their children circumcised today? Well, we do, as Christians don't do it because we're supposedly fulfilling an Old Testament yeah. requirement. It's just health reasons. Yeah. Christian conscience. Yeah, it's health reasons. That's all. Mm -hmm. The doctor says this is the healthy way to, to live. Okay, let's get, the, let's get the boy circumcised. Now, however, if you contend that uh, you have to get this done to be a Christian, uh-uh. There's a problem. That's, then that's our point. Yep. Okay. So the law, let's go back to the purification of Mary. The law of a mother's impurity, which you mentioned before we went to break. You know, when a baby was born, you had made the mother impure, mm -hmm. ceremonially unclean. So the, the law of a mother's uh, impurity and the redemption of the firstborn came to its purpose or fulfillment, if you will, when Jesus was 40 days old. It's fulfilled. It's filled up with Jesus, as I like to say. And so if you take that all the way to our Lord's baptism, his suffering, his death on the cross, the entire law then comes to its purpose when Jesus, the Son of God, dies on the cross. It is fulfilled. It is accomplished. It is finished. And that's one of the meanings when Jesus says in John's gospel, when he, right before he dies, to telestai. 
Mm-hmm. It is finished. That that that's a that's a preaching of good news when he says it is finished. And uh, you know, I always uh, like to point this out. It's in the perfect tense, right? Which means it's a past action with present abiding results. It is finished when Jesus dies, and that result abides and continues all the way up till today. It is still finished. The same way I got dressed this morning. It's a past action, and uh, Pastor Coleman can verify with present abiding results. I am still dressed right, now. Right. Well, I hope this is helpful for you. Now let's push the more in this text just for fun. Let's have some more fun with this. I would submit to you that everything in this text that's appointed for uh, the first Sunday after Christmas is, uh, Everything in, in Luke 2 here, the verses 22 and following, they speak of fulfillment. Even the numbers, I would submit, demand our attention. Uh, so the 40th day of our Lord's life is exactly uh, 490 days or 70 weeks since the angel Gabriel appeared to Zechariah in the same temple next to the incense altar. And so there are exactly 70 times 7 or 77s as the angel Gabriel told the prophet Daniel in the Old Testament, between Gabriel's appearance to John in the temple and the incarnate Son of God's appearance in the temple. I don't think that's a coincidence. It's fulfillment. God God likes numbers, and he always does. I mean, it helps you get attention drawn to what's important. So I'm going to repeat that because that might have been hard to follow. I'm going to repeat it. The 40th day of, of our Lord's life is exactly 490 days or 70 weeks since Gabriel appeared to Zechariah in Luke's gospel in the same temple at the same incense altar. And so there are exactly 70 times seven. This is a huge, huge number in the Bible. Or 70 sevens, as the angel Gabriel told the prophet Daniel in the Old Testament, between Gabriel's appearance to John in the temple and the incarnate son of God's son of God's appearance in the temple. This is no coincidence. This is the fulfillment of what was promised to Daniel in the Old Testament. The 77s. It's huge. Yeah. Yeah, okay. You can't, you can't miss that. And let's let's push this even further. We didn't read it, but folks, you can read it here in Luke 2, but if you're into numbers like I am, <laughs> I was going to say apparently. <laughs> you know, let's think about Anna. Anna the prophetess who who stayed in the temple waiting for the redemption of Israel. Um she was there when Mary and Joseph brought Jesus there. She'd been married for a perfect, what, seven years. Mm-hmm. I said perfect, seven years. And now she is 84 years old. That's 12 times seven. The numbers of her life shout out what then? Fulfillment. Mm-hmm. So God is true to his word. See, Luke, this is, he's pointing this out. God is, is true to his word. So Anna spent all her days and nights in the temple waiting for the redemption of Israel, namely the Messiah, certain that he was going to come in her lifetime. And when she sees Jesus, 40 days old, in his mother's arms, she cannot help but do what? Praise and give thanks to God. And as the text says, tell everybody about the Messiah who is now here. And as it says, she came up at that very hour. That yeah. was the exact perfect time. Yeah, Kairos. To be the fulfillment. It's kind of like Kairos. The Galatians text mm-hmm. is, is back in here. You have Kronos in the Bible and you have Kairos in the Bible. And uh, uh, the Galatians 4 is Kairos. And that's, that's the, uh, what's, uh, the, the appointed time. Mm-hmm. This, this is the, big. The proper. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So yeah. it's huge. So again, fulfillment. This is just having fun with the numbers. Now, then you got another guy in the, in the text. His name is Simeon. 
Now, the, the text doesn't say how old he is, but we guess he's probably old because he was promised by the Holy Spirit that he wouldn't die until he'd seen the Lord's Christ. Now, maybe he's old, maybe he's not. The, the church tradition says that he's really, really old, yeah. uh, over 100 years or more. Uh, is that true? Well, we, I mean, I think the tradition is is that he was one of the guys that helped write the Septuagint. Oh, really? Several hundred years. That old. would be those. The Septuagint is the Greek Old Testament, right? Yeah. Uh, is that true? I I don't know. That's just <laughs> a church tradition, and I'm just passing it on. Yeah, yeah, yeah. The text doesn't say no. So we guess that he probably was because he wouldn't die until he'd seen the Lord's Christ. So all of a sudden, here there he is. He spent all of his days, all of his nights in the temple waiting for the Messiah, and lo and behold, he sees a young a couple. Uh, Joseph, of course, older. I was going to say young couple, but uh, a man and a woman, they walk into the temple courtyard and this, this young mother carries a little baby in her, in her arms and uh, the man then carries the poor man's redemption price, two small pigeons. And the Holy Spirit then says to Simeon, that's the one. He's the one you've been waiting for. And can you imagine the reaction of Simeon? I mean, I, tears probably came to his eyes, uh, you know, as he receives the 40-day-old Messiah in his, in his arms. And think of the song that he, I mean, he doesn't sing it, but that he says, um, now you, now I can die in peace because I've seen your salvation, the light to the whole world, the fulfillment of the Old Testament promises. Right. Um, now I can die in peace knowing that my sins are forgiven. And I think uh, that's significant then. That's why we say it uh, at funerals. We say it towards the end of the funeral service. We also say it as we leave the Lord's Supper where we actually yeah. come into physical contact with our Lord Jesus Christ. And it's worth pointing out that Luke obviously is operating within the liturgical life of the church because he's the one who records all these liturgical hymns for us, the Benedictus, the Magnificat, the Nuke Dimittis, uh, and more. And especially then he records the book of Acts, which is the early life of the church and is using these songs. So if, I, if I'm hearing what you're saying, if I'm picking up what you're throwing down, those four songs that Luke records— are already being used in the early church in the liturgy. That's what you're saying, that's right? What I'm, that's what I'm positing here, yes. <laughs> I would agree with you. Yeah. I, I, I don't think he, he, he just made, well, yeah, Luke didn't make this up. No. As, as he says in his prologue, I've, I've carefully investigated all these things from eyewitnesses, etc. And so they actually said these words, and the early church then picked up these words and sang them. Right. Yeah. So he's, what he's saying is, why do we always sing the Nuctimittis after the Lord's Supper? Well, it's because it's what Simeon sang when Jesus came into the temple as a baby. Yeah, we can now die in peace. Yeah. Yeah, just like he, he could. Right. Yeah, exactly. And, and by the way, so when Simeon says, says, says those words, he doesn't just speak them on behalf of himself. He, I would contend that he speaks the, the Nuctimittis on behalf of all of Israel. Again, fulfillment. This is the Messiah. He's the fulfillment of all the Old Testament scriptures. And so Israel's purpose is now fulfilled. What was Israel's purpose? Was to be a light to the nations. And guess what? Now the light to the nations is here. Has become flesh and dwells <laughs> That's among right. us. And so not only can Simeon depart in peace, but who else? Everybody. Israel can now depart in peace because the glory of Israel has now come to the temple if you will. <laughs> so this child that Simeon is holding in his arms, he is God's salvation in human flesh. This baby, this 40-day-old uh, Jesus, is the light, capital L light, that reveals God's goodness and mercy to the Gentiles, to the nations, the outsiders. He is the glory of God's people, Israel, the insiders, 
<laughs> he's the savior not of some, but he's the savior of all. And so Luke then tells us that Mary and Joseph marveled at these things, you know, that Simeon said, just as they marveled at what the shepherds told them the night that Jesus was born. Yeah, these these are marvelous things. And as we're almost out of time, is it worth pointing out verse 39 that says, when they had performed everything according to the law of the Lord, they went to their hometown of Nazareth. And everything. That's, and that's fulfillment too, by yes. the way. Yes. Yes. Which is a whole nother study. And that's Luke saying, if there's anything I didn't mention, they did that too. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> uh, he's kind of like Matthew. Matthew does that too. Fulfillment, fulfillment, fulfillment. Right. All right, there's the music. Hey, folks, I hope this was fun. In the meantime, stay Lutheran, my friends. Shit will carry on.